Don't be afraid of success. Everybody say you're afraid of failure, but you might just be afraid of success because it's something that you ain't never felt before and it's something that's going to be uncomfortable. of Alabama's Cobrales College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from those people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Tremaine McIntosh. This is the final episode to our three-part series with Tremaine, and we explore why he founded God Gifted Hands. And just a little bit of a warning, there is a graphic story in this episode. You move out to Norfolk, correct, Virginia, to work on the aircraft carrier. You're doing welding there. How long do you spend on that? I worked at Huntington Ingalls for two years on the apprenticeship crew. So with Huntington Ingalls, this is what gave me the idea to start the school in Alabama. They literally hired apprentices to come in, learn a trade, and while they learn the trade, they developing like the basic skills for running the office. So when they develop them skills, they literally goes into be an office person after they had done it. I think it was like a four-year four year apprenticeship program. So they'll bring you in. You'll learn how to weld. you learn how to do electrical work. you learn how to do shooting studs. Like, whatever they need to build a nuclear aircraft carrier, that's what they did in their school. So I was like, that's a good concept. Maybe I need to take this same concept and take it to my home state so I can send people up here to work or send all these other jobs I've been to. Cause I, at that time I had been to so many jobs that it was like, these places need somebody to train them. Like nobody knows this. Like still got people nowadays that what is welding? They ask me all the time, never seen it, never knew anything about it. Don't know nobody who do it. I might literally most of my friends be like, you the only person I know that well mm. in the whole city. You know how crazy that is? Like, I'm the only person that everybody know. Like, everybody know of welding, but they don't know where you go get welding education at or anything. Like, the schools here, they teach welding, but they don't teach it to the aspect that I know. Gotcha. So you're in Virginia, you're working, and you get this idea for God-gifted hands. Yeah. What brought about that idea? Did you want to give back to the community? Did you want to re-educate? Birmingham as a whole, is that what really inspired you to bring it back home? What inspired me was I had to leave to go learn how to do all this stuff. So I was like, just thinking about my past as being a child growing up in the inner city, we didn't have as many opportunities in, you know, all them different types of programs at our school. At that point, once I got back in high school, by the time I got to high school, all the trade classes and stuff was kind of phasing out a little bit. Because that's when I was pushing more, go to college and, you know, get a degree and do all that. So that kind of killed the trade field altogether. Like we had maybe three or four classes that did trade work, but it wasn't, nobody was interested in because at that time, nobody was pushing that issue. Now they, they like, oh, we need tradesmen everywhere. Like we're running short now. Now they see it as a problem. But I knew it was going to be a problem then because I was like, okay, all my classmates know nothing about fixing nothing. I'm the only person in this, almost in the school that know how to fix something. Okay, all right, I got this. I'm gonna, all right, I'm charge out to fix your brakes. You know, do tune ups, all that stuff. Me in high school, you ain't got enough money to go to the shop, so you might as well come holler at me. You know, I'm right here. Right. 
And I had and I was in the shop class. So I pulled in the shop. We got brand new tools and everything because our school had just got built. So I had everything I needed to do whatever I need. And I was like, okay, I'm sold on this. You go to work. So you're you're in Virginia. Come up with this idea. You move back to Birmingham to start God Gives It Hands, correct? Yes. When you're starting it, why'd you choose to file it under a business and not a volunteer organization or a nonprofit? That wasn't intentionally. I didn't know anything about the nonprofits like that. So I kind of chose the profit side because the actual school, like God Gives It Hands is the company name. But the school name would be Top Notch Academy. So I was like, how I came up with the God gift of hands was I was like, everybody got a gift. Everybody got something they good at. Why not have somebody who could pull it out of them? Like somebody got to be able to like, like you, you might not ever done anything with a trade work ever, but you might come in and I might show you something. You like, man, I'm really good at this. Now I want to do this for the rest of my life. You never know. So your expertise is in, from what I've heard or witnessed, at least in electrical and welding, correct? Yeah. But that's not all that you want to do with God Gifted Hands. You want to expand more to just trade in general, correct? Trades in general. So I've, could you list off like sort of the top trades that people may associate with it? Um, electrical, welding, automotive. That's going to be like the top three classes because that's... Them three classes is gonna literally be able to make you do anything for real. Cause once you learn how to weld, you can build anything like that's made out of metal. And you'll learn how to do even woodwork because all that translate to each other. Cause you gotta still cut stuff precise, make it together. You just welding it together because you're using metal. Same thing with, with a screw and a nail. When you get to electrical, everybody needs electricity. Nobody wants to be in the house with no lights. Nobody want to not be able to plug their phone up. So, you know people are always going to need electrical work. Everybody need transportation. So, you know you need your car worked on. You know you need, say you need a, a rack of pinion. Most people are going to be like, that is not even in my vocabulary. So, they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to go pay to get no rack of pinion put in. They were like, that's going to be high because first thing you think of when you don't know something, that got to be expensive. That's the first thing, but rocket pins happen to be an expensive job, just so you know. It's like a twelve hundred something dollar job, but I want to be able to bring that and give people skills so they can be able to do stuff like that. Because, like I said, I I come to find out I had one job so for a couple of months, but I don't think that really count. But people need these skills to use in their life, mm. and if nobody teaching these skills. Where you gonna get the skills from? So that's where God give the hands fits in. You gotta teach those trade skills. You gotta the ones teach that trade you got amazing demand for the jobs. You gotta find those people that want to work and then train them to fulfill those positions, correct? Right. Where are you at right now in the process? Are you teaching classes right now? How are you going about starting this? So I just inquired two buildings. So I have a smaller building where I want to start automotive and I want to have a little welding booth. So I want to start like with five students and some people are doing the automotive side. I want to literally get it to the point. I got a 40,000 square foot building too, but with this building, it's 
a whole lot of space, like pretty much walking into an empty Walmart. So I literally, at this building, I needed to do some some more work to the building itself to bring it up to code and get everything set up for welding, electrical, you know. I actually gonna end up adding pipe fitting too. That's another side of welding. That's where the people literally learn how to put the stuff together. So that's where your blueprint reading and all that stuff come into play. Welding is where you actually making the welds together. So you need a fitter to weld it. Just like an electrician, gonna need a helper. So pretty much all trades is pretty much a two-person job. You can do some automotive work. I do a lot of automotive stuff by myself. I drop a transmission, transfer a case in my own car by myself. But everybody can't do that. And you're going to teach some people how to do it, but they still ain't going to be able to. It took me, I'm 29 years old now, so it took me a good 20-some years to perfect it where I could do all this stuff by myself. Some people are not going to get that far. Where do you see God to give to hands going in five, 10 years? Obviously you you're at the, you're starting the foundation right now. You're yeah. really building up, you're acquiring the buildings, uh, making sure you have the space to provide these classes. Right. Where do you see it going? I see it spanning out to be global. Really people might come all across the world just to get a, a good quality skill trade because other foreign countries don't have that. They don't have all of the infrastructures that America have. And that sooner or later, I want to expand it out to where I'm sending my students out to other countries and working on naval ships in other countries and other cities and stuff. Because in Birmingham, we don't have as much work as we was talking about earlier. This is the magic city. So we was built off of steel. Said, so what we missing? It's a welding school. Said, so we were a steel city with no welding. How that even how that even happened? We need somebody to put this metal together if we're making it here. Now, even though most of the factories still been closed down, but we still have a good amount of metal being produced in Alabama. Because you got O'Neill steel, you got uh you got US pipe, just name a couple of them. You got a lot of big steel companies here, and nobody able to have the hands-on skills to actually make it work. What is success for you? Because one could be content with starting a trade school and having it, you know, teach 10 people a year, five people a year. And they could say, that's success for me. What is your vision of success for yourself and also for God Gifted Hands? For my, for my school, it will be the amount of lives we change, the amount of people we put in the work, and the skills we give them in everything that's over poverty poverty rate is that's great because they're bringing more money to the city even if they do leave the city it's going to be enough being retained in the area because you got to come home to see your family i know when i was traveling i would come home and spend 12 1300 in one week because you got your hotel rental car gas then you want to go see this cousin your mama your daddy all these family members you're going to it don't matter what you do. You're going to bring money back. Mm. You don't have no choice. Right. right. You from here, you're not going to just run away from home and never come back. Like, you're going to come back. And and I feel like that'll be able to help the, the economy and, and, and change some of the environment. So some of these people will stay here and build houses. People will start doing more work to their houses because right now, what I'm seeing since I've been back, 
It's nobody in my age group that knows how to do anything. My phone rings all day, every day, like even down to sometimes I might even have to go do quick jobs because somebody might be on an oxygen machine and they need power. The oxygen machine might last three hours without power, but what are they going to do when they're three hours over with? Right. Right. So that's one of the things I had to face a lot too. Like a lot of my people I might do work for might be elderly and they might need that help. Like they can't afford to go pay the big companies, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to come here and fix their pound box. So I go in and I do that. Sometimes I might even lose money because, you know, I know this person needs it. I'd rather lose a little money and they gain some more lifespan than me making some money and they end up, you know, being messed up. And that's kind of why I end up naming God Gift Hands. Cause uh what is Ecclesiastes, where it says uh a man should do all the work with his hands or something like that. Some scripture like that. I can't remember. I ain't I'm not a Bible enthusiast, but you know, that's kind of like where I went with it. Everybody got a gift. What's your gift? What what do you believe your gift is? Because I know we talked earlier that the gift of leadership was always bestowed upon you. You're always sort of pushed to the front as a leader. Yeah. What do you believe your own personal gift is? Vision. If I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say vision. Explain that to me. I can see what other people can't see. I could understand something that people just won't understand. And it also might come from seeing so many different aspects of life. Because as a child, I'm... I'm building million dollar houses, but I stay in the old raggedy house. So I mean, I'm going from, you know, the urban underserved community to a middle class society, a middle class community every day. So I'm seeing what it's like to be in poverty. And I'm also seeing what it's like to be middle class. I'm also seeing what it's like to be wealthy because I'm working on all these different houses. And that literally has kind of changed my aspect on how stuff is, should be done. Like I had hit you with that one line of um, a poor person have a poor mindset. Well, I said what poverty mind makes a poverty mindset, something like that. But that is true because when you ain't got no money, you're going to do whatever it takes to get some. And that's where we get a lot of crying from. People don't know enough to figure out how to make some money and they don't have enough resources to get it. So they're going to, you automatically going to go to crime. You can go to the easiest thing you could do. Oh, I can go steal this. Okay. Make a couple of hundred bucks. Got to feed my kid tonight. The road to hell is paved in good intentions. No, ain't nobody just going to commit crimes and doing bad stuff just for fun. It's something to it all the time. And it might be just because my daughter needs some pamphlets. It could be just that simple. You might try to go rob the convenience store. Now, you can cause a bigger problem than what it was if you would have had enough resources to learn a skill. And that kind of pushed me to start this trade school here. I think that's a great point right there. And the emphasis on teaching, it's really like the, the old proverb that people like to go back. If you give a man a fish, they'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, right. you'll feed him for life. Right. I think that's exactly almost what you're doing right. is you're really teaching one. those skills. I need to put that one in my book too. <laughs> when you look back 
obviously you're relatively young. Right. I mean, in the general grand scheme of things, 29 years old, you're not even yeah. 30 yet. What's one piece of advice you would give to a 18, 20 year old? Don't be as, don't be afraid of success. Everybody say you're afraid of failure, but you might just be afraid of success because it's something that you ain't never felt before and it's something that's going to be uncomfortable. When you go from not having things to having things, it can, tends to kind of change your mindset a little bit and it might be uncomfortable because you use, because one of the things is once you start making good money, you want to help the people that you left behind. It's one of the things I felt when I was on the road, like, yeah, I'm making six figures and stuff, but my friends ain't even making 30,000 30, a year. And I was making that at the age of 18. So it's like, what did I do different? I was like, okay, maybe because I, I learned these skills. Say, okay, my friends, they're not going to be able to just get up and leave on the motorcycle and backpack. That's like, that was me just having faith. They might not have that faith. They might be more content or Maybe their situation might be a little bit more different. They got to take care of their mama, take care of their auntie, brother, sister, something like that. Because that happens a lot too. So I was just blessed to be able in a situation where I was able to go out and experience that. Now that I went out and experienced it, I want to give other people that experience. Where do you find happiness right now? Professionally, personally? What really gets you out of bed in the morning? The fact that I know I'm going to make a difference, whatever room I walk in, if I, if I just go in a grocery store, it's just, it's one of the weird things. Like, it's really weird because like people is literally just drawn to me. People literally just walk up to me and just start talking to me. They, and I just be like, and then like, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a punchline type of guy. I'm hit you with that one line of keep it knocking. I'm going on about my business. So I'm going to hit you with, you ask me how my day going. I might say I'm blessed and grateful and I hope you do the same or something like that. You'll be surprised how much you might change a whole person's mindset when you say that. They literally look at you. I never thought about that. You know, I never thought I'm, I'm grateful and blessed. I'm like, you woke up this morning, something that simple. You might as well be happy because whatever happened yesterday happened yesterday. Whatever happens today it's what you can control. What's one memory that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life that Alabama has given you? That can either be Birmingham, that can be growing up with your family, going to school. What's one thing you're always going to remember? This one's going to be a little graphic. But when I came back from Texas, one of the things that got me the most, I was a... Uh, on the other side of town at a gas station. Finna drop one of my friends off and her, her son. And when I was going in the store, little kids, it's like, they was like 17, 15, 16, something like that. Young. They asked me for change for a 20. So I was like, man, you just go in the store and get changed for a 20. So when I walked in the store, I'm thinking about it. So I'm like, why did they ask me for change for a 20 outside store? I said, oh, Okay, they trying to get rid of some fake 20s. So when I go back outside, I'm going to tell them to go back to home or whatever, try to get whatever 20 from me and go by my business. So I walked out the store, kids walk across the street. 
within five minutes, I'm pumping my gas. Hear gunshots. Three shots go off. Bow, 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 bow. Kid runs around the building. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. So I ducks behind the car because I'm like, I don't know if somebody can come around shooting at him or not. So the kid runs up to me. When he runs up to me, he's been shot three times. So as he's literally leaking blood everywhere, I'm pumping gas. I was like, tell him, lay down and relax. I'm trying to calm down and whatnot. So he literally, I think he had a shot. He got shot in the face, in his mouth, and uh, in his neck. So you literally, it's just blood gushing everywhere. And I'm just like, man, we got to get this guy some help. So I laid him down. His brother now come around and run around the corner. They just like, they just screaming. And like, I'm literally just like, calm down. Cause like, I'm still calm in this situation. And I'm like, just calm down. My friend got a call. She's like, what's going on? I said, man, he been shot. We got to get the police here as quick as possible. So I'm telling my friend, apply pressure to him and get him like, stable a little bit, but he's his heart he already ran across the street. So his heart rate is already up. So blood is literally just flowing, flowing. And at this time I was on the phone with the ambulance and stuff, trying to tell them where I'm at, but it's kind of hard to tell them where I'm at because I'm like, I don't have no address. We on the main road and it's no address around. So I get them on the phone, try to get them in here. At that time the kid ended up dying. So I read the news article, one of them was his brother and I think the other guy was a friend. So what they were saying was the guy was trying to steal, they were trying to steal somebody's car. But really they was trying to get out, sell them fake 20s or whatnot. So the person who probably shot him probably didn't know what they was doing. But that really, really had affected me for a long time. Because I was like, man, what if I would have just said something the first time? Like, why did I think about that too slow? Like, usually I'm a fast responder, but I was just, that was just like, I wasn't expecting that question for real. And I wasn't expecting nothing like that to happen. But that also made me want to start, like, what if that kid had something else to do? What if he didn't have that, op- like, what if he had the option of going to get a part-time job in the evening or learn the trade to go learn, some, make some money? Because at, at his age, I was able to go do service calls and go put ceiling fans up do plugs and all that. Say, I know he didn't have that option because otherwise he wouldn't have been out here. So I was, and that's, that kind of dro- drove me to be like, I know eventually I'm going to come back home and do something to bring a better quality of life. And that's one of the reasons why I started this trade school. And I'm like, I know that if I get the school started, I'll be able to get them something else to do besides just running around doing nothing. Like right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What are kids doing? What are they learning? They're at home. They could be going to an out-of-school program to learn how to make T-shirts or uh, learn how to weld, learn how to do some electrical work, be around some people that's going to get them something else to do besides gravitate towards a nigga because an idle mind is a trouble mind. So long as they sitting at home, you don't know what they thinking and they got the internet. So you don't know what they watching. No, don't know what they thinking. And I know they ain't thinking about what's going to happen after high school. Cause they're like, we don't even have to go there now. So what you going to do when three years come on, you in 10th grade. And I want to get them something else to think about. That's Shreen McIntosh, founder of God Gifted Hands. 
And thanks so much for listening to Bear Means Business. If you're not a subscriber, please do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College of Business and what it has to offer. As always, roll tide.